Jackson. Where it's time for the guy who always gets you to the ball game on time. And here's the pitch. It's Matt Wyatt with all the good stuff you need to know. Hey, yo! Howdy ho, neighbors! How y'all are? Welcome into the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team, they are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. This is the show that is known as the hard-hitting sports show. All sports, non-stop sports, two hours of hard-hitting sports, never off-topic. Welcome in. (laughs) On that note, on that note, it was my birthday yesterday. And thank you very, very much. For the uh, all the birthday wishes, and I will say that many, many, many of the hundreds of birthday wishes that I got on uh, my Facebook page yesterday came from people who I either have met through this radio show or folks who listen to this radio show and the like. And I've gotten a lot of text too. However, here today, pretty soon here today, as we even before we got on the air. I got some belated birthday wishes. First up was uh, my man Humphreys County Dog, who he won me over back last month in November. He sent me that deer pic. We were trying to figure it out. I, I couldn't quite see on the picture, but it looks like a 10-point to me. It may be more. In Humphreys County, you may have to, but, I mean, that's a beautiful deer. And a great pick too, by the way. And, uh, anywho, He said he wouldn't be able to listen to the first part of the show today, but a happy belated birthday. And since it was on the Country Pleasing text line, Beaver saw it. And he, see, that's one way, like, Beaver and I are different. He's not putting up with any belated. You either wish him a birthday on the birthday or you missed it. I'm okay with the belated. And Beaver, welcome here today on this reaction monday i my theory is that it's because i'm so much older than you that i don't care when the birthday wishes come i'm just glad to get them you got a theory on it hey tell bill bill leave him alone tell bill leave him alone (laughs) bill thought christmas was next week See, that's another thing about age. Okay, I'm not there yet. And Bill's got a birthday coming up, too. So he's, as they say, another trip around the sun. Bill, get out of here. (laughs) Where's Bill? Bill thought Christmas was next week. We had to... (laughs) Okay, so... um... Let me let me hold on a second. Let me let me check it out here. It looks like on the live stream I got the audio fouled up, and it's my fault. I'll fix it for you here. Boom, there, got it fixed. Sorry about that, Will. Thanks for letting me know. I don't know why it does that sometimes. Sometimes it does. Uh, it'll you know the live stream will switch it over to a different input. So now you got my microphone. Now it sounds like it's supposed to. And y'all can be a part of the show, and you can also text me, and you can also call me. And uh, if you want to do belated birthday wishes, I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> Beaver don't like them belated birthday wishes. <laughs> belated anything for that matter. 
Uh, yeah, Will, thanks for the heads up, man. Appreciate it. Got it clicked over to the right microphone. All right, so here we are on this Reaction Monday. And like I said, you can be a part of the show. I hope you will be. You can comment. Hate to you, by the way, if you're on the live stream, on the Murray West live stream. See, like, Will's looking out for me. He's the one who commented on the Murray West live thread here on YouTube. He said, I think the stream must have something wrong with sound settings. See, so otherwise I would have had no idea. And he gave me a heads up. We got it fixed. Uh, he also commented, or Sven commented and said, Dak put a beating on Fletcher Cox. Well, and it wasn't because of Fletcher's fault. I mean, Fletcher Cox played really well last night uh, for um, for the Eagles, but it was the Cowboys out on top. But that's not maybe the most important NFL news. We're going to have to, y'all, look, as a Chiefs fan, there is some NFL stuff from yesterday that, I'm going to have to react to here at the top of the show today. And I know it's a little bit of echo chamber content because, you know, you get a Chiefs or a Cowboys story, everybody's going to talk about it. We're going to come to that too. But let me remind you also, you can text the show on the Country Pleasing text line. I hope you will. Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. I uh, just finished that package of the original smoked sausage flavor. I think I started that about this time last week. (laughs) So I kind of went through it too fast. Mm. That's all right. I wouldn't say too fast. I just went through it fast uh, in a week's time. i got to thaw some more out. Y'all text me on the country, please, and text line. Number to text, 885-3776. 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember the text line number is just 885-ESPN. Got it? So text that number, 885 885- ESPN. You can call me also on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. A number to call, 995-1059. 601 number, 995-1059. And that'll get you in here also. Okay, so Robert comments on the Murray West live thread. we got to get Beaver's reaction to this too. Robert says, Chiefs want to cry about the refs, but the refs got the call correct. If you want that play to count, tell your wide receivers to line up on sides. Okay. So let's go through a couple of the stages of this, okay? First of all, how many times have you seen in an NFL game offensive offsides in your life? How many times have you seen that? Not many, right? I I mean, if I've seen it, I hadn't seen it called that way. I've seen it called, what, lining up in the neutral zone. Uh, I've seen that a bunch, right? So-and-so lined up in illegal formation, lined up in a neutral zone, some of that kind of stuff. But I, I don't know. I mean, honestly, off the top of my head, I can't really remember, a, a, specifically anyway, another time when there was a call against an offense for for being offside. Okay, it's a lining up in a neutral zone. But using the term, okay, the offense was offside. All right, but that's fine. That's fine. That's that's not the the, the point here. 
to your point, Robert, and again, for, for if there's anybody listening, if you're a sports fan, you probably know what I'm going to say here. But as far as describing the situation, Bills lead late, 20 sets, a three-point game, fourth quarter late. Here comes uh, the Chiefs down the field. They complete a ball to the tight end, Travis Kelsey. He's running, cuts up the middle, draws a defense, and then like almost like – you know, in basketball, you know, you penetrate the defense and then you dish to the three-point shot, and he's wide open out there on the perimeter because they've all collapsed on him. They all collapsed on him. Well, he threw a backward pass, a perfect strike across the field to a guy wide open who caught it, runs it in for a touchdown. Tony, former Florida Gator. But the play came back because they ruled that on the snap, Kadarius Tony was began the play lined up offside in the neutral zone. Okay, so it brought it all back. They lose, and then the other contacts context is um, <clears throat> that the Chiefs threw an absolute royal fit. You know, and during the game, uh, there's a little bit of that. Certainly from Patrick Mahomes. He's the one that certainly just lost it over there on the sideline. And there's all these range of emotions for somebody like me. <clears throat> now, one more piece of, of info, too. I I didn't watch this. I wasn't, like, sitting or standing in front of my TV watching it. Um, we had a church event last night, and um, Mary Lady was a little under the weather, and she was trying to fight through it, so I was kind of staying with her, and, you know, like away from everybody. And I, I began to track the end of it on my phone a little bit. And so I didn't see it happen live. So I saw some of the reaction before I got home and actually watched the play and watched what happened. And that was um, before the Cowboys game started. So, so consuming it was a little different for me in that I already knew that there was some controversy there before I watched the play. Okay, so all of that to say, <clears throat> let's establish some facts about it. First of all, did Kadarius Toney the receiver for the Chiefs, line up offsides. Yes. Okay, there's no debate on that. Okay, it wasn't like half of his body was across the line, but his foot was. His foot was up beyond the football. Okay, so technically he is lined up farther ahead than he should have to be lined up normally. Now, what in every level of football, high school, college, pro, is sort of mode of operandum for receivers, what do they do? They get up to their position, and then they look over to the official and go, I'm on the line. And then in turn, the official's kind of letting him know if he's good or not. And you will see it a um, hundred times. In one weekend of football, you'll see an official look at that receiver and go, back up, back up. And the receiver will readjust, and he's like, you know, thumbs up. Now, in certain situations, hurry or whatever, you don't, have, you don't get to do that. So, so that's true, and apparently, and this is something that I don't know that I was aware of, apparently, the NFL officials have been warning teams before actually calling it. Like, there have been times, apparently, where receivers, in an effort to line up on the line, are actually a little too far up. They run the play, sideline is telling the coach, hey, coach, I'm giving you a warning here. You guys lining up a little too far. He's got to get, make sure he's behind the line. So, 
apparently, okay, this is one of those unwritten rules deal. The conversation, the 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 unwritten part of this, right, of the NFL and the coaches, listen to Andy Reid, they expect if that sort of thing's going on or whatever, for it not to, if this, especially if it's the first time that it happens, they expect for it not to be called. Now, we can debate whether this is right or wrong to have this expectation, but this apparently is the fact that players and coaches in the NFL expect for it not to be called the first time for it to be a warning. For it to be a deal where that side judge or that umpire or whatever comes over and goes, hey, coach, I'm going to kind of give you a warning here. He's across the line, and if it happens again, we're going to call it. Okay, gotcha. So that's what they expect. Whether you think that's technically right or wrong, whatever, that's apparently what they expect. And what I took from that, the fact that this was potentially game-winning play, it was a scoring play, it took points off the board, Andy Reid was miffed because they didn't get any sort of warning before getting it called. Like, the impression was, apparently this is the first time it's happened in the game because we got no warning, and instead of getting a warning and the play stood, it got called and brought the playoff. Okay, that's apparently what is a fact of circling the situation for Andy Reid. Now, Patrick Mahomes takes it a step further. And, and we'll get to that. We'll get to sort of his reaction. But here I am as a Chiefs fan looking at this, and my honest gut reaction to it was not to go, go to hammering the officials for calling offsides. Because why? Because he obviously is offsides. He is. Now, if the problem is there's this unwritten standard where officials just don't call that, we're just not going to call it. We're just going to warn you. And everybody expects that to continue. Okay, then maybe then you argue about it or you complain about it off camera. But see, this is the thing that's a little embarrassing to me as, as someone who, like... I walk around in a Chiefs hat all the time. I've been rooting for him for a long time. It's a little embarrassing to me because I don't see what leg you have to stand on if you're our coach or our quarterback in their reactions to this. Again, okay, it's one thing for, let's say, Andy Reid to want to have a conversation with the officials after the game about it and say, like, where's our warning, dude? It's another thing to go to the podium with it. When the player was offsides, he was. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of do you call it or not. Well, I mean, how are you going to blame a guy for calling it, right? Well, they're blaming him based on some deal where we're supposed to get a warning. They expect to get a warning. But even more so, Patrick Mahomes. Now, this is a multiple Super Bowl winner, okay? And this is one of the longtime greatest coaches the NFL's ever had. I didn't say the greatest. He's one of Andy Reid. And maybe I'm not seeing something from their perspective. I just don't think 
it can fly as appropriate to react to it the way they did. You know, certainly Patrick Mahomes throwing an absolute royal hissy fit on the field. When, I mean, it's not like this was a 38 to 34 offensive gym. It was 20 to 17. I mean, you know, in your home field, you're playing the Bills. You don't score a single point in the first quarter of the ball game. So, for whatever that's worth, you had a lot of opportunities to win the game other than that one play. Okay. Something's off. Okay. That's the other deal. It doesn't. I don't know what you put it up to. I think it's just losing in general. I mean, the Chiefs are 8-5 and five now. Okay, they've lost three home games this year. Right? And do, is this a team and a quarterback and a coach and an organization that expects to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they sure do. And for all we know, they may turn it on here at some point and go win it, but it sure doesn't look like it. You saw Chris Jones and a coach yelling at each other in frustration, which – but but to me, all of those things point to, I mean, something's off. Something's off of them. For them to react to it that way, so sort of over the top, both from a coach and a quarterback standpoint. Again, you, you I, I get it. If you're telling me, which I wasn't aware of it, if you're telling me that the expectation across the league has always been if we got a guy that's got his foot across the line, they're not going to call him offside. They're going to come and tell me, hey, if he does it again, I'm going to call it. We get a warning. Well, if that's the expectation, I get it. But if that's the expectation, it's not in the written rule. Okay? And you can't take that, whatever that is, it's not in the written rule, and take it to the post-game press conference. You can't take it to the extreme that Patrick Mahomes did on the sideline. I don't think. And then the other thing, you know, like from a home standpoint, what shows you that there is a whole level of frustration with Patrick Mahomes right now that he's never had since the minute he got into the NFL, period. And that is, it's one thing to lose it and kind of just go bonkers on the sideline during the game, but to not be able to compartmentalize that any better between there and the postgame press conference. When, again, the player was across the line. What the guy called is what happened. I mean, and in the situation, it's almost like the professional thing to do is to go to the postgame and say, from Andy, Andy Reid's standpoint, is go there and say, look, he was across the line. I get it. And so technically he's offside. But we, as well as any other coach and team, we've always expected – that the first time it happens, we get a warning so that we can warn the player and make sure we're not doing it. We, you know, they decided not to do it, and we just got to live with it. But that's the way to approach it. All this other stuff shows me, you know, that to me is the story coming out of the game. Not that the Bills beat you. It's a good football team. I know they're, they went in there at 6-6, six and six, but it's a good football team, and, and you've had great games with them in the past. So to me, the story of the game is almost not the outcome. I don't know that there's a huge effect on any final standings with where those two teams were anyway, where they were trending. But to me, it's sort of like the pulling back of the curtain that, man, the mentality right now 
of some of your leading characters in Kansas City, it is not what it has been. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's one thing to internally or on your in your own group expect to get a certain type of treatment that is maybe, you know, it's a little beyond the technical rule book. We're going to get a certain amount. We're going to get it treated a certain way here. It's one thing to expect that. It's another thing to go bonkers when you don't get it. it, it was, it's embarrassing to me. I didn't like it at all. I really didn't. All right. So there. That's my opinion. There. It's covered. Happy to hear your opinion. Like I say, you know, it's a little bit in the echo chamber. You know, everybody else out there talking about it today. But, yeah, I, I just wanted to cover it. Okay. So, so there. All right, coming to some more of your comments. Um, I'm going to hit the text line real quick. I know we've got, we got a break coming up, and then we'll come back and get ready to go. Uh, on the belated birthday wish, Brad said, to be fair, I didn't know it was your birthday. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, you got a pass then. Grumpy, I got your message too, man. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, and uh, Grumpy mentions the basketball win for Mississippi State. They beat Tulane. And could not have shot it better, particularly in the first half. State was 10 of 17 from three-point range in the first half. Put up over 100 points uh, in the ball game. Nice win. All right. We'll get going. Your texts, your comments, your phone calls, all coming up in the Bureau. Stick around. back with you I'm Matt in the Bureau the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio Farm Bureau go with the home team they are your home team on the country pleasing text line Bill texted in and he said offensive offside has been called 13 times this year now 14 right it's and and I saw uh, an interview last night with a former official one of these guys who's now an analyst officiating sort of analyst for the big network. Um, might have been the one on NBC. And he said there is this was a year where they put an emphasis uh, for officiating crews across the NFL to call it. To, to call it. To not let teams line up offensively ahead of the ball. Go ahead and call it. They've called it. He was making the point they've called it many more times this year than they have in the past. I even saw it again in the Cowboys game last night. Somebody lined up offensively ahead of the ball. They said offensive offsides, and there it was. So um, that is true. Uh, somebody, uh, Bulldog472, says, I wonder will the Baylor transfer, uh, with the Baylor transfer to MSU, talking about the quarterback, will finally allow us to run a pro-style offense with the right pieces around him? Yeah, I don't know. Um, we can – you know, kick this idea around all you want to. I, Blake Shapin, the kid who um, uh, 
Uh, played at Baylor. Quarterback two, three years. He only had one year where he was a starter, I think, every game. And when he was young, he played a few. And then at the end of the year, right? And then uh, I don't know if he was hurt this past year. But he's only had one year at Baylor where he played every game. Uh, for other reasons, wasn't able to play that many games this past year at Baylor. But um, I do remember him as a freshman when you know he came in and did some throwing for him. Good-looking prospect. He's not huge, six feet tall. And so, you know, it's a guy with some experience coming in at this level, which you don't have necessarily a ton of that. i got to be honest with you, um, I'm not just passing it off. It's not trying to sell you a dream here. I, I really do believe that, uh, you know, a guy like, if he's there and he doesn't transfer, a guy like Chris Parson is going to have an excellent chance to win the job. I believe that. I hadn't even talked to him about it. I just know my own eyeballs, and based on just seeing enough, I I really believe that it's possible you could have an offensive coaching staff that came in, and whether they already knew about Chris or didn't, you know, you watch him a little bit, meet him, and watch just a little bit of what he did in a few games that he played. I know he struggled, you know, in that start against Texas A&M, but watch a few other things, and he'll have an excellent chance to play in an offense like this. There is no question about it. It would not surprise me if he goes in there and wins a job. I'll just be honest. I mean, we'll see. Nick texts the show and says, there's no way that penalty would be called on a Brady-led team. He says, but what they should be mad about is how bad that offense has fallen since the enemy left. And there is no question about it, Nick. It's not the same. You know, and everybody points to receivers – but all of it does go back to the one who is designing and pushing and running that offense every day, and it's not the same since B. Enemy left. Uh, Real Unnamed Texter says that they called offsides last night against the Eagles. Yeah, I saw it. Mentioned that um, for sure. Let's head over to the Murray West live thread. Speaking of thread, if you uh, need your logo threaded onto something, embroidered, that's where you go. Contract embroidery company right here in Mississippi going all the way back to 1996. Uh, Murray West. You can look them up online at murraywest.com. A great Mississippi company. They do it right. It's the best. And um, the kind of people you want to do business with, too. So go check them out. Will says on YouTube, Eagle defense, Eagle defensive line stalled the Cowboys so many times that the Eagles didn't get an offensive touchdown. Let me just say, too, okay, I watched all of that game last night, and, uh, you know, Dak's in a groove right now. He had one mistake last night on the fumble, but he's really in a groove, playing well. I wouldn't be surprised if you had Dak away from cameras and microphones and get him to tell you the truth if you said, hey, Dak, should you win the MVP? I wouldn't be surprised if he said, no, but C.D. Lamb should. Telling you. And their tight ends coming along too now. But um my take on the, the Cowboys, they win the game 33 to 13, but they really didn't play all that great. They created turnovers on defense. But outside of that, look, the Eagles were able to move the ball some. They were able to get some completions. 
They had, what, two or three times they had the ball inside Cowboys territory, and that's where they fumbled. So credit Cowboys creating the fumbles. I'll put it this way. I don't think the Cowboys win that game. Even though it's a 20-point margin, I don't think the Cowboys win that game last night without Stephon Gilmore at corner. Almost anybody else out there covering A.J. Brown, and you might not win that game. I think that's how important he is. So, I mean, the wins win, but and, and Dak played really well. But it almost had that look to me of, I mean, the turnovers were such a huge, the, the huge difference maker in the game, and outside of that, there was a lot of evenness, really. But you're right, okay, of the 13 points, yeah, I guess one of those touchdowns was, or that touchdown was a fumble return. So maybe that puts a little bit of a different picture on it. Uh, Will is checking in from Aberdeen, South Dakota. Gave us a hail state. I bet it is cool up there. <laughs> I mean, I, I bet it is. Uh, Robert was talking about that deal with the Chiefs, and he said the explanation that he got is that if a receiver is close, he may, as a courtesy, tell the receiver he's close. But when it's egregious, when he's obviously offsides, he's not required to tell the receiver. Okay. I mean, it, it makes sense. Now, you can't help but wonder this. Brad says, Taylor Swift's got them all messed up. <laughs> because it hadn't been like this until she came along. But, yeah, they also were without the enemy. And Sven said Mahomes had to learn a lesson. Will agreed that it was a bad look for Mahomes. I, I agree it was. I think I think maybe being in a position he hasn't been in, you're sitting there at eight and five, you lose your third home game. I think it just got to him. You know. I, I mean Andrew says the Chiefs have two issues. Lack of production from receivers. Kelsey hasn't been hundred percent all year. If they put it together, they could still win it all. Yeah, they could. It just seems to really they just seem to really have so far to go. Uh, it's just off. Like the it's hard to put it. It's a team that you know the Chiefs have been so exciting to watch because so much of their offensive success seems to come off schedule because of Patrick Mahomes' ability to create, move around, leave the pocket, scramble, leave, backtrack, throw it late, improvise. Stuff that's just off schedule, right? And so to to not see that stuff as much, and you go, well, they could always put it together, but like, put what together? They're just something's off. Something's just off. Sven says Ferguson, the tight end for Dallas last night, was great. He saw him jump over that linebacker. Yeah, he's something else. Um, he, he really is coming along. And to his credit, too, this is a tremendous credit to him. The other night uh, there was an interview with Travis Kelsey, and he was asked to give a real honest answer about tight ends in the NFL. Do any of them remind them of himself? And Kelsey said, you know, just to be honest with you, I don't know that any remind me of me. He said, but there's some guys out there that are really – come along and he specifically pointed out Ferguson in Dallas. Yeah. 
Yeah, and Don points that out. He says, you know, the Philadelphia offense didn't score a touchdown. Only TD came from the Dak fumble. And that is true. So so Philadelphia's touchdown came on a Dak fumble that got returned. But that's what I was talking about, right? Three, was it three turnovers for Philadelphia? All three in Dallas territory, all three fumbles. And I guess two of them were receivers, Smith and, and Brown, who big catches, you're down there in territory, and just before you go down, the ball gets ripped out. And those are drives. You know, they're driving the football. That's why I'm saying it. It's one of those where it finishes as a 20-point game. But given the fact the way you created those three turnovers, it felt like it should have been about a 30-point game. And you know what? Even after the game, Dak said, I was a little off. I, I, I didn't have a I'm, – I'm paraphrasing, but Dak said I didn't necessarily you know, play my best. If he said, if I'd played really well, we win that game by 50 points. <laughs> and he finished um, – he finished 24 of 39, 271 yards and two touchdowns. So how many, what's that percentage? Anybody do it in the top of their head? 24 of 39? Yeah, so that's 62% rounded up. You're talking about a guy who expects to complete 70% of his passes in NFL games. It's kind of ridiculous, to be honest with you. Well, anyhow, we'll move on from that. Still going to be interesting to watch down the stretch those remaining games to see who's going to win that division and have home field. Dallas seems to me if they could, I mean, being on the road in the playoffs versus being at home is huge for Dallas because they are so much better home team than they are away, a road team. But uh, they're still chasing the, still chasing the Eagles even though they've split with them this year. All right, rolling along with you. More of your texts, more of your comments coming up. Stick around. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. They are your home team. Um, a couple of texts here to get to, and then I have a question for you. Well, I'll go ahead and pose the question, and then we'll come back to it. It's not a trick question. All right. Where in Mississippi, in a public body of water, can you catch rainbow trout? Where in Mississippi, public body of water, can you catch rainbow trout? You know, it's a cold water fish. They live in the coldest parts of everywhere. Where it's hot, they can't survive. <laughs> can't survive. I didn't say can't. They can't survive. White Denzel says on the Country Pleasing text line, he says, I wonder if the play Kelsey made was a tribute to Frank Wycheck, the Titans tied in for the Music City Miracle who passed away Saturday at the age of 52. I saw the play and my first thought was Music City Miracle. That was the same type of throw, wasn't it? I mean, it sure was. It definitely was. Yeah, and I mean, you know, 52 years old, uh, Frank Wycheck, former broadcaster for the Titans also. Lost him this weekend. Um, I, hey, um, not related to that, but it helps me to think about it. If y'all would uh, today uh, say a prayer for 
MRA head football coach Herbert Davis. He's in for a kidney transplant today. Uh, here's a tweet from John Weaver, one of the assistant coaches at Madison Ridgeland Academy. He said, during the day-to-day, -day, stop and find a couple of minutes to pray for our head football coach. He's receiving a kidney today. This has been a four-year journey for him. He's the toughest person I know. Thank you for praying for him today and the days to come through the recovery. So when you have a minute today, ask the Lord to, to help Coach Davis through that and, and into and then out of eventually the healing process and that he'll be able to go on and lead a normal life and continue coaching and doing all the things he wants to do. Uh, so remember him today. Daniel in Madison, Texas, showing says, Hey, Matt, I think that same call happened earlier in the game. I could be mistaken, but I think it was called, that same call against Philadelphia. Um, yeah, the tush push. <laughs> Maybe it was. Real C regarding the offsides, he says, It's a rule. How can they justify being upset about it? Mahomes acts like a spoiled kid too often, and his wife needs to realize she isn't relevant in any conversation about football and most other topics. <laughs> Real C. <laughs> Let her rip, Tater Chip. How you really feel about it? Um, Ed said that it's like the five miles per hour rule, Matt. Maybe most cops let you make it, but they don't have to. Well, that's true. That's true. It's like getting on the Natchez Trace and driving 60 or 61, right? I mean, are they going to let you do that? It's a 50-mile-an-hour speed limit on the trace. It's a federal parkway, and they've always been pretty strict. And most of the time, I won't even think about, you know, cruising along more than 58 miles an hour. But the thing about it is speed limit's 50, and they give me – maybe they give me 58. They don't have to. Right, Ed? I mean, if they pull me over on the trace and go, man, uh, we got you going 59. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, it probably was. Then I, what am I going to say? All right, some of y'all knew the answer, and I want to know how you knew. Did you see it on the the website? Okay, that's where I saw it, at mdwfp.com. That's Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks, mdwfp.com. That's where I saw it. Uh, MSU1980 text, he got the right answer. He says, Matt, rainbow trout have been put in Lake Lamar Bruce. But not technically, not technically. Rebel John, he said Lake Lamar Bruce. I'm going to tell you all about it. Um, now, White Denzel says you can find rainbow trout on the Tom Bigby River. If you can, I'm not all that aware of it. I like. I need to see proof. If you can. Now, the best answer I've seen, because I put it out there on Twitter. Uh, it just said on Twitter, like, without looking it up, where can you find rainbow trout in Mississippi? And my friend and cartoonist and author Marshall Ramsey responded to me, and he said, Kroger. <laughs> okay. Good answer. No, but it is. Lake Lamar Bruce is in actually in Saltillo. It's just outside of Tupelo in north Mississippi. Okay. And I saw this. The Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks recently stocked 700 rainbow trout into the bank fishing pond at Lake Lamar Bruce near Saltillo. 
Don't let anybody tell you it's Saltillo either. It's Saltillo. Lake Lamar Bruce is the only public water body in the state to offer fishing for rainbow trout, thereby providing anglers a unique opportunity for Mississippi. They are a cold water species. They will bite readily in winter months when it's cold, kind of like now. What did it get down to last night? It, it was in the 20s, wasn't it? Let me just say this. I didn't check the temperature because it's right. That's where I am. Like we live in Tupelo. I didn't check the temperature, but I'll put it this way. It felt like it was in the 20s. Yeah, tonight the low is 28. See, that ain't, that's just right for a rainbow trout. What's not just right for a rainbow trout is 104. Okay, they're, a, they're dead as a doornail when it gets that hot. Long gone. By the time it gets to 104 in May, right? So they can't survive the summers down here naturally at all. Even in, even as north, Denzel, as a place like Pickwick, it's just too hot. They can't survive the summer. But it's my understanding. See, like, for instance, Lake Lamar Bruce, a public body of water maintained by the agency in the state, but they have a pond a bank fishing pond that is just adjacent to the lake, and therefore it can be stocked with these rainbow trout when it gets cold. It's a big pond, and it can be contained in there. They can be con contained in there. You can go catch them. Cold water species eat during the winter. It says, if you plan to head to Lake Lamar, Bruce, anglers have se seen success using inline spinners. Okay, well, what would that be? A rooster tail or the like. Small grubs, like a little bitty teeny tiny ones, and corn kernels. You hear me? Now, see, that's the only thing that makes me a little jealous of people who like live in Arkansas and further north, where you can, where they do live naturally, they can survive all year long in those bodies of water, and you know, or some fast-moving, shallow. I don't know, mountain-fed, spring-fed, something that stays cool, cold. Here's the thing. How inexpensive would it be if you could go catch fish and all you had to do was go with corn? <laughs> really? <clears throat> How about you can deer hunt and trout fish with the same bait? I didn't say that. I didn't say it. <laughs> corn kernels. Uh, anglers can harvest up to three trout per person per day with no size restrictions. Anglers must have a valid fishing license, state, lake, daily, or annual fishing permit to fish in the pond. The fish were provided by the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service Greer's Ferry National Fish Hatchery, and uh, they were stocked by the Bob Tyler Fish Hatchery in Enid. Now, two questions. Where is Greer's Ferry? Anybody know where that is? Y'all know? Okay, so that's Arkansas. Uh, right. As a matter of fact, um, the only time in my life I've ever caught rainbow trout was in Arkansas. Uh, what do they call it? The What's the name of that river up there? Anyway, it's called. It was a Lindsay's Resort. It's a famous deal. They got guides and everything to take you out. 
we weren't catching those rainbow trout on like fly tackle. We were actually in a boat using really light spinning tackle using what? Corn. You catch a limit, they clean them for you. It's really neat. That was best a long time ago. I went and did that. But did y'all know that Bob Tyler had a fish hatchery named after him? Apparently, the Bob Tyler Hatchery in Enid. Well, anyway, yeah, the Little Red. I started to say white. I knew it was a something, but it's the Little Red River in Arkansas. Thanks, Grizz. Grizz text the show and let me know that. It's really neat, and you know so. I have not been to check it out, and it's very close to where we are. So I'm going to go up there and check it out because, you know, again, it's a thing that's for fishing from the bank. It's not for boats. The pond that's adjacent to Lake Lamar Bruce. And, you know, who's to say you couldn't? If you wanted to, who's to say you couldn't take a fly rod up there and maybe catch one on it? But, you know, take your little spinning rod really light line little teeny tiny grub a rooster tail maybe like something you might even do over a brim bed and fish like that catch yourself a beautiful colorful little rainbow trout shoot yeah i just i didn't i saw this today and i read it on the mdwfp website and i was fascinated by it. i think that's really cool all right Hour one in the books. Hour two coming up on Reaction Monday. Stick around.